And good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live. If you're out of the Common Workspace Studios, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Hope you all had a good weekend. Happy Monday to all of our listeners. And of course, Matt, making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. Good morning, Matt. Good to be with you. Good morning and happy Monday. This is probably a time to, to reboot how I start my show probably once a month. Uh, the most important piece of this show is not me. It is our listeners and it is Matt. Otherwise, I'd be talking in this, uh, in this, in this studio, but nobody would hear it. Nobody would care. So uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you to our listeners. You are the reason we have a show. And uh, appreciate what you do, Matt, and all the all the all the uh, kind of uh, man behind the curtain stuff that you make happen. So happy Monday! Thanks a lot, Zach. And uh, you know it is Brothers and Sisters Day, so you might want to <laughs> have have the the little Yensers all uh, celebrate each other today. I love it. They need to do more celebrating of each other sure. at that age where they they have friendly moments and they have not so friendly moments. <laughs> but I found Matt. Um, that a lot of adults act the way my five and three year old uh, act, just kind of in bigger ways. But it's basically the same concept. So <laughs> maybe we all need to have a day of brotherly and sisterly love. How about That's, that? I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. <laughs> and if this any of this sounded scripted, this is not at all. I mean, this is uh, this is we're we're completely riffing at this point. But uh, we need a day of brotherly love. Um, as well as Thank You Thursday, which we just instituted last week, right, Matt? So, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but it is our Monday morning news hour. We dedicate Mondays to talking about the news and issues of the day, and that is for sure what we are doing this morning. If I can get to it, and we'll see, because our first topic is big, and we're going to take our time walking through it. But the Tucson Police Department says, uh, and this was as of the latter half of April. Uh, that this year there have been 32 traffic fatalities compared to 22 the same time last year. Of those, 16 were pedestrian deaths. So we're seeing kind of a record year last year being uh, one-upped by 2022. And it's relevant because the city of Tucson tomorrow is looking at becoming a Vision Zero community. And I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about, I think, the one thing we aren't talking enough about that is the first way that we can uh, bring some of those pedestrian deaths down. But we'll see if we can get to that because in studio with us today, as long as we need him, is Peter Catalanote, the director of Film Tucson. A na- both names have honestly been in the news quite a lot the last week as we saw uh, the film series Duster, which piloted uh, here, uh, not return. And we're trying to dig into why. Uh, that is, it was about a $10 million economic impact conservatively. Here to walk us through what happened, what's going to happen, and how the state of Arizona can make sure it doesn't happen again, fingers crossed, is Peter Catalanote. Peter, good to be with you. Good to be with you too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for starting your Monday here. I'm glad to. This Absol- is fun. Absolutely. So the details are flying fast and furious. Um, I think you had reported. To your awareness, that Duster wasn't going to do more shows here for the time being, Correct. Uh, and then New Mexico had been mentioned, mm-hmm. but now we're not quite sure if they're going to. There's a lot flying around yeah, here. Give us yeah. the latest, Peter, of what's happening. Sure. Well, um, we put a, a notice out last week, just letting everyone know the status of uh, HBO's Duster. For those that are unaware of it, it's a 
uh, a TV series that will that will be on HBO starting in 2023, uh, produced by J.J. Abrams. Uh, you've probably seen a lot of things he's directed, written, or produced, such as the TV series Lost or some of the Star Wars films, some of the Star Trek films. Uh, so it was a pretty big deal. Um, they only shot the pilot here, which is nothing to sneeze at. It, mm. Just for the one episode, it was a month of filming, uh, three or four months of pre-production. Uh, they spent about $10 million, as you said, and, and you said rightly, that's a conservative estimate. It was, it was probably more than that. Uh, but uh, it was really exciting to have them here, all kinds of positives. Um, the issue is, uh, um, for those listeners who don't know, different states offer tax breaks or rebates to lure filming to their region. Um, Arizona currently doesn't have any. And so um, we're not able to get a lot of these kind of big shows like this. Um, the majority of things that we could be getting usually end up in New Mexico uh, because they have desert. Granted, it's not as great as our desert, I might say, but uh, they do have desert. They do have some of the suburban look. Uh, Tucson kind of has the same look as Albuquerque as far as the size of the city and so forth. So uh, New Mexico gets a lot of business away from us. Uh, it was completely my mistake. I My assumption was that the show was going to New Mexico, but once the news got out um, uh, publicly, uh, I got a call from HBO saying, no, we're not really going to New Mexico. We don't know yet, Just hmm. so just don't tell anyone, you know, <laughs> just keep that neutral. It's like, so... So New Mexico, you know, it's uh, Got it. it's not necessarily where they're going. But the the point would be that um, without incentives, we it's going to be difficult for us to get the entire series of this show. We were hoping to get at least the first season, okay, and then get uh, the state film incentives bill passed, and then we could go after the remaining four seasons. The entire show uh, would have a five year oh. story arc. Okay. So that, against conservative estimate, they would probably dump about $250 million in Tucson over the course of five years. So you wow. can see why we wanted that. It's uh, the amount of money they spend, the amount of small businesses that profit off these things is huge. Um, so um, some of this is timing. I just want to also stress Tucson, Pima County did nothing wrong. Yes, let's uh, stress that. They is, yes. loved it here. Yes. Yeah, they really did. And the city of Tucson, Pima County really bent over backwards yes. and just did so many great things to make HBO feel welcome. Uh, and the community as a whole did as well. And uh, small businesses treated them well. The, our local crew worked their butts off. Can I say butts on the air? You can. Uh, it was really, really great to see our local crew bringing their A game and, yeah. and really reaching those heights. It was fantastic. Our local actors made off well. Everything was good. Um, so some of this is timing. Uh, the film incentives bill that's uh, SB 1708, uh, it passed the Senate and the Appropriations Committee of the House. Uh, it's getting ready to be argued on the floor of the House. Um, right now it's just kind of waiting, as all the bills are waiting, because there's budget negotiations going on. This is a pretty standard thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, if even if the bill were passed tomorrow, the incentives program for filming wouldn't take place until the end of the year or the beginning of 2023. And that's the timing thing. Yeah, because uh, HBO, J.J. Abrams is really chomping at the bit. He really wants to get this going. And so July was their pre-production date, sometime in July. And so, you know, the timing just doesn't work. If we'd had incentives, say, a year ago, we'd be in the clear. Um, 
this is I want to ask this last question before we go to break and then as a way to to segue to our next segment and that is what got them here in the first place sure didn't have incentives didn't Mm -hmm. have it on the horizon Mm -hmm. why did they come here and do the pilot in the first place so right after uh, COVID restrictions started lifting all the productions that had been ready to go suddenly now were heading towards the start gate so to speak all at once uh, because New Mexico gets so much filming that uh, the studios and the locations, they tend to have a, a line. Okay. You know, take, take a number, you're next in line, that kind of thing. It's, it's really uh, based on, you know, uh, first come, first served. Uh, they have so much business going on, their film business. So when HBO was looking uh, to film in New Mexico, they found that they were uh, in line behind quite a few things. There was a lot, of, mm. a lot of filming that was starting up as COVID restrictions lifted. So they began exploring some other options. Um, The storyline is set in Phoenix in 1972, and they certainly checked out Phoenix. But then someone, and I'm not really sure who it would be, either J.J. Abrams or maybe Georgia Kakandis, the producer, decided that uh, uh, Tucson might be something to check out. So Georgia flew out here. I met her, and we Mm. drove around and looked at some different things. And um, they needed sort of a 1960s, 70s architecture look, and we have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's kind of what secured it. Got it. I want to springboard from that question and answer when we come back from our first break of the hour, our first break of this conversation. We're with Peter Catalanote this morning, the director of Film Tucson, if you're just joining us. It's our Monday morning news hour. We talk about the news issues and stories that came in over the weekend since we left studio shaping the week ahead. This is certainly one that has been in the news, and the details are evolving and growing as we speak. And so we're getting the latest with Peter talking about Duster, film in Tucson, film incentives, and more. More on the other side. We're just getting started here on Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We'll be back on 1030 The Voice in just a second. Trusted local news and talk all day, every day. 1030 The Voice. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. Offer.com. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open-air Mercado San Agustin Annex just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona here, live out of the Common Workspace Studios on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice Tipping Point with Zach Yenser with Peter Catalanote, Director of Film Tucson. We talked about the evolving news around the HBO series Duster that filmed their pilot in Tucson uh, uh, earlier last year. Was it? Was it? It was it last year. It was right? exactly this time last year. When okay. They were yeah. Setting up. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And uh, and the hope was that they would stay in Tucson, and certainly that Tucson could be in the running for the five season series that is um, that is happening there. Um, but uh, Duster, we don't know where they're going. It's not New Mexico right now, but they have decided um, that Tucson will not be home, at least at this point. This all in the midst of SB seventeen oh eight which is waiting for passage, hopefully, in the House um, around a state incentive program. But I asked you a question, Peter, to close out the the last segment, and that was, without any incentives, Duster came here, mm-hmm. and I asked you why. Uh, and I think some would say that uh, we don't need incentives, that trying to get incentives to attract really any industry, but in this case the film industry, sure. is the wrong way to go about it. We should be looking for uh, organic ways um, to do that. What's your response to that? Sure. Um, 
We've been trying. I've been at Film Tucson for about 21 years, and we go after a, a multitude of projects. Uh, but the bigger the project, the more they rely on incentives. And whatever your thoughts are on incentives, I have my own. Um, it's the way the game is played with these big studios. Um, it, it's the reason why so many things get filmed in New Mexico, why so many things get filmed in uh, Georgia, the state of Georgia. Uh, even Oklahoma right now uh, has some new incentives that were passed, and they've got a Hulu show out of it, Reservation Dogs. Martin Scorsese shot his last feature there. Um, it's just the way it's played. So um, if, if you're speaking about organic, um, Tucson can attract interest but only so much. And what we've been able to attract over the years is segments of film. So um, anyone that saw the Hangover films, the third one, they, they filmed some scenes in uh, Nogales, Arizona. Uh, they needed a border town, and we won out. It was really exciting, and they spent uh, $2.6 million in, in Nogales, Arizona, which is you know pretty huge for a small town like that. But we were only able to get a small section of that film uh, because the director title is pretty powerful, and he can sort of decide, you know, this is where things go. Uh, and J.J. Abrams is pretty powerful, uh, but uh, without incentives, he can't always make that final decision. Uh, uh, to me, the best example is uh, uh, Steven Spielberg, one of the you know household name, biggest names in Hollywood ever. Uh, he's uh, finishing up a film that's uh, autobiographical. It's about himself growing up in Scottsdale hmm. and how he got the, the cinema bug. Uh, I think his grandmother or something gave him a super camera, and that started him on his way in his interest in filming. And um, the entire film was shot in Los Angeles because without incentives, even Steven Spielberg couldn't get it in Arizona. So, uh, but side note, happy side note, they did film a little segment of that here in Tucson while HBO was filming. It was the wildest thing. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, it was really great. And the location <laughs> scout, uh, she works with Steven Spielberg on a lot of things, so it was kind of nice. That was, uh, was kind. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Uh, uh, so we can get segments of things without a, an incentive, and that's nothing to sneeze at. That's great. Having a Steven Spielberg segment of a film here, my God, we loved it, and it was great to have them here. But if we want to get whole projects that spend millions and millions, we've got to play the game the, the way the rest of the industry does. It's the only answer. Uh, real quick, rapid-fire question, just off the top of your head, sure. if you don't know that's okay. I saw a figure that last year New Mexico had about $600 million in economic impact from just the film industry. Yeah, I don't have, it, I don't have that in front of me. I don't have that memorized, right? but it's, I think it's more than that. But yeah. they, they're doing quite well. They're doing quite well. We've got four or five minutes, sure. um, and I think we can have you for another segment if we need, and I think we're going to. And, um, up to you. Um, but uh, 1708, SB1708, mm -hmm. well, let's get into that in detail in the third segment since you're kind enough to give that to us. Sure. Uh, but what is 1708? I think it scratches the surface. It's a good start. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be a start, I think. SB1708. It, it is a good start. Uh, we what does it do? Yeah. Well, we certainly couldn't have a bill introduced that starts right at the top like New Mexico's does or is right now. New Mexico started small, and with the success, it grew bigger and bigger. Uh, and I should let me back up a little bit, too, is um, incentives really started for film uh, in, in a big way in uh, the late 90s. Canada started passing uh, both regional and national incentives. And that took away tons of projects from America. So Brokeback Mountain, 
set in America, shot in Canada. The musical Chicago, set in Chicago, filmed in, I want to say, Montreal. So uh, that was kind of start, started getting the ball rolling. And then about 2002, New Mexico caught wind of this idea mm-hmm. and, and wisely passed some film incentives. And uh, they've been galloping along ever since. Uh, so f- because they've had their film incentives in place for so long, it's, it's really, um, I don't think we could start at that level. So going from zero to what this film incentive bill has is would be fantastic, and we can just better it year after year. Uh, so it, it's an interesting bill, too, because it encourages infrastructure. Uh, developers would get incentives for coming in to build sound stages and post-production facilities. Uh, we have some smaller sound stages throughout the state, but not big enough to work with bigger shows. So um, it's kind of a unique bill in that way. It's, it makes it pretty strong. What's the, uh, g- give me the 90 second, because that's what we have, the okay. description of SB 1708. Well, as I mentioned, it would, uh, it would uh, give 19% back, uh, and then there are some bumps uh, for um, hiring local crew and building the sound stages, as I mentioned earlier. So it's an incentive package just like any other, but it, it starts small because, you know, that's just, to me, the smart way to, to go, and I, uh, Senator Gowan, who introduced the bill, feels the same way. Um, but the infrastructure that it builds uh, into it is is very strong. Um, if we had sound stages and incentives, boy, we'd be hitting it out of the mm. park. We would get a lot of calls. I can guarantee it. Got it. Uh, and what is the? Uh, we'll talk about this more in detail on the other side. But uh, where does it go from here? What's the process of figuring out whether it passes the house or not? So once it passes the House, uh, then it goes to the governor's desk. And um, reliable sources tell me he will sign it. But, okay. but please, listeners, don't hold me to that if he doesn't. <laughs> what are, I'm, I'm what, basing that on what I've been told. What are your reliable sources telling you about its passage in the House? Cause is that a sure thing? Everybody seems pretty optimistic about this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there is opposition, of course. Uh, Arizona is a fiscally conservative state, and... Um, there is uh, opposition, uh, which I completely understand, and it's important in a democratic process that we have that. Uh, but from what I'm seeing, um, because because of the infrastructure built into this bill, it just creates more of a brick-and-mortar offering rather than right. just, here's a rebate. It's not conceptual. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's, really, it's really interesting. It's very different from any bill I've ever seen. That's interesting. Yeah. Gowan's a Republican, right? Correct. Yeah. Hard- hardcore. So that's, that's an interesting start to the process mm-hmm. for him to be yep. uh, advocating, certainly on behalf of Southern Arizona, sure. um, for this. Uh, Peter Catalanote is with us, director of Film Tucson. We can keep you for one more segment? Please. I'd love to do that and talk a little bit now, going looking towards the future. Uh, I mean, Tucson used to be a film mecca, and I certainly think we can become that again. How do we do that? is a question I have for Peter Catalanote, director of Film Tucson. When we return, you're listening to Tipping Points, our Monday morning news hour. We've covered the present news. Let's talk about the future. Also, uh, traffic fatalities are up, way up since last year. What do we do about that? That on the other side, after a short break, don't go anywhere.
With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. You are live with me here out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yance on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. And uh, this is our Monday morning news hour. And to uh, be with us for that, uh, we've asked Peter Catalanote to join us, the director of Film Tucson, talking about uh, the the rapidly evolving news around the HBO series that filmed their pilot here, Duster. Uh, they announced they will not be returning to Tucson last week. Uh, we don't know where they're going. It was uh, initially thought that maybe New Mexico... Uh, would be the spot, but we don't actually know that for sure. Meanwhile, SB 1708, uh, which is in the House right now, establishing a statewide film incentive, which we talked about in the second segment, uh, is in play, but not in time uh, for kind of current work to to stay here in Tucson. So we've been discussing that. We'll continue in a minute. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall, and I'm pleased to report they are doing well. They're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger for their most up-to-date hours. And mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15 percent discount off your next order. 
it's always good to support good people running good business with good food and you get a discount just for showing up what's uh what's Heck not yeah. to love oh, yeah. what's not to love you had Pe- me a breakfast sandwich have you been there yet peter i i, I, I have it's very good yeah it yeah. is well next time you go mention i will do that <laughs> mention that you are on the show and, i will do that and mention my name and uh, yeah. they they know there's a 15 percent discount Fantastic. so <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Matt. And you, Matt, and Matt on the other side of the glass. Uh, he calls it the new Rogers rate, uh, but it's, it's the Yenser rate in Tucson. <laughs> That's right. So. That's good. <laughs> um, we we asked for two segments. You gave us that, and you also offered a third. We're thankful for that. We talked about some of the nitty gritty around the incentive and why is it needed, and some of the concerns around it. Mm. Ultimately, we both think that it will pass in the House, and then we'll go to the governor's desk for signing. But let's go back to bigger picture, okay. um, Peter. You know, Tucson used to be such a mecca um, of film, especially Westerns, but not only. I think we can get back there again. Mm -hmm. What is it going to take? Give me the full film Tucson vision of how we um, start to claw our way back in the market and and get a market share of the millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, just in a neighboring state, you know, even. Sure. Well, uh, not to beat a dead horse, uh, I guess it's not a dead horse metaphorically, but it's uh, it's incentives. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the other segment, uh, Canada passed film incentives in 1999, and that's when you chart what shows were here in Tucson, which films and, and TV series, that's around the time things stopped coming here. It was a slow trickle, uh, and then when um, New Mexico passed theirs in 2002, that's when things really left. And so all we've been able to go after are uh, very low-budget indie films and segments of larger films, Steven Soderbergh's Traffic, uh, George Clooney's Confessions of a Sane, uh, Dangerous Mind. We have sections of those films that were shot here. Uh, um, every now and then we've been able to go after something bigger because um, we had this one asset that was really necessary. And so the uh, uh, there's a, a film... I wish I could remember what year it was, 2002. Uh, I think um, Three Kings, starring George Clooney, Ice Cube, and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, they, uh, we found them in an abandoned mine uh, that's a little bit south of Casa Grande. And the important thing there was there were, there were two big things. They needed to be able to own a place where they could build an Iraqi village and not have to move it. Uh, the storyline is set in the first Iraq War, I should explain. Uh, and so we found this abandoned mine. It was perfect for Warner Brothers because they could sort of control the space. They could film everything there. There's only one scene they did in California. Pretty much everything was done in that area. That was great. And then um, this was a nice thing. Our proximity to Hollywood is a big selling point. At the time, George Clooney was still on ER, so he needed to go back to L.A. frequently to film his scenes for ER and then be able to fly back quickly to the set of Three Kings. So the producers were very impressed by that because we have about, I'm I'm generalizing, 15 direct flights from L.A. to Tucson a day. Uh, That was a big selling point. So we can get an entire project, uh, but they are few and far between without incentives. Um, And uh, I I can't stress enough how much the incentives mean to Hollywood. The the only reason Breaking Bad uh, was shot in New Mexico, the entire series, was because of incentives. The original script was sent at Santa Santa Clarita, and the producers went looking for a place with incentives. And then when they found New Mexico, they just scratched out on the script anything that was 
said in <laughs> California and just made it New Mexico. Um, to some degree, you know, it, that's not real important to them. They just they need those incentives because the cost of production is so high. Uh, we talked about what Tucson used to be, and I think mm-hmm. the, the, I think this question is relevant. Sure. Um, uh, and I don't know the full history of Tucson film production like you do, but I think back to old Tucson mm-hmm. um, and how that became, you know, really a mecca of successful sure. westerns. Sure. Uh, that seemed to be a part of a nationwide movement where the private sector got very involved in film production and allowed it to spread across the country. Sure. Um, is that true? And is that possible today? In other words, I think what we were talking about with the film incentive at the state level is that we need some public sector incentive and partnership with private sector involvement to kind of soften the earth again, if, if that makes sense. And, sure. and to make it more viable for the private sector to go to banks and say, well, now we can make a pencil. Sure. Some will look back at old Tucson and go, we did it with only private sector. Is that true? And is it possible today to do it that way? Uh, it is true for that era. Okay. Uh, incentives were not an issue when all those Westerns were being filmed here. It didn't really become a driving force for studios until the late 90s when Canada passed theirs, uh, their incentives, and theirs were national and, and, mm, uh, and that's when uh, the arms regional. Began. That, you got it. That's hmm. exactly it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Westerns were bigger back then. Sure. They're, they're not made yeah. so much now, although there seems to be sort of an uptick in Westerns, which we're glad to see and, and which we're hoping if our incentives bill gets passed, we will probably be getting some calls for some westerns. I have a, mm. a good feeling about that because uh, they seem to be popping up. But the private sector can be really important, and that's why this bill is exciting to me because uh, sound stages. It encourages developers to come in and build sound stages, which creates more of an opportunity for filming to happen here. Uh, sound stages aren't the end-all, be-all for productions. They they can use really any kind of warehouse, but mm-hmm. if we have sound stages, uh, that's going to be a huge plus. So um, it would be private sector helping boost filming here by building sound stages and post-production facilities. That would be huge. So yeah, the private sector is a big part of mm-hmm. this bill, and uh, to me, it's kind of the most exciting part about it. We've never had a bill like that before, and I don't think I've seen that in other states. Mm-hmm. So, pretty good. At Film Tucson, maybe last question, because sure. I, I want to end with, if, if somebody uh, wants to call their state legislature about this bill, mm-hmm. how, how, do that, how do they do that? You're advocating for support, but if anybody with any view wants to call their state legislature, sure, you know, we want to set the platform for that. Um, but uh, I'm sure over your 21 years uh, at Film Tucson, yeah. there have probably been many uh, conference room conversations over coffee of, hey, uh, major private sector partner ABC, let's do this thing. That, that's, that's re-engage. I'm sure those have happened. Without, uh, without probably the answer you wanted. Yeah. Why? Uh, uh, really, when we're speaking with the studios, and any time we've knocked on Hollywood's door, the the first question out of their mouth always is, "What incentives do your state have? Does your state have?" So I can't say we've had that conversation with the the studios. Um, we've attempted some, maybe some, some way to set up a, a private incentive. Um, the difficult thing there is. Um, the amount of money needed to really make an effective incentive package is uh, it would it mm. would take 
a lot, it would take a lot of mm. money. Um, there was a, a an incentive package put together, uh, none of which was used, uh, to lure the first season here of this HBO uh, series. Uh, it was put together by my office, Visit Tucson, City of Tucson, Pima County, Rio Nuevo State Agency, and the Arizona Office of Tourism. Hmm. And it was it was a I'm going to say a humble uh, amount of money uh, that we hoped would secure at least one season, and it didn't. Uh, the amount of money that they could get in New Mexico, HBO could get in New Mexico, is just you know three times that. So it's um, it's just kind of a difficult thing um, to go with uh, mm. local incentives or uh, maybe private incentives. Um, but mm-hmm. going back to your original, sorry, I lost my train of thought. That the private sector in this is is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it can't be denied, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, worth Peter Catalanote, by the way. Last question. I'm just editorializing for a second. Sure, go this, right ahead. Here's that official ask where this does not reflect Peter's view or the views of uh, from right. Tucson or Visit Tucson. But I posted on social media last week is, you know, ultimately I'm getting tired of losing uh, as Tucson in this in this state. I had Morgan Abraham on the show on Friday. He's a state legislator from southern Arizona. Um, you know, and by and large, there's some things happen up in Phoenix, but Phoenix doesn't cry about Duster leaving. Uh, uh, Flagstaff doesn't cry about Duster leaving. Uh, when we don't block and tackle on these things to the level they need to be, Tucson always seems to be the losing city. And I think Film Tucson, you know, said, hey, maybe we'll get kind of the B teams to do some filming here um, or whatever the case may be. But last week for me was just a week where I heard a lot about uh, friends and colleagues leaving the city to go to somewhere else with more opportunities. Film Tucson saying, well, maybe we'll get kind of the the B and C film efforts in the meantime here. I'm tired um, of Tucson losing talent. I'm tired of Tucson losing opportunity um, as the 33rd largest city in America. I'm tired of not getting the opportunity here that is proportional to the size and scope and potential um, of our community. So, again, my editorial, just want to be clear on that. That was my thought in the last four or five days um, on this. And I think just Tucson has more to offer than that. We don't give ourselves the best shake Um, on this. That doesn't mean at all that you and Pima County and Steve Tucson didn't do your absolute darndest and we thank you you. we thank you for that Uh, Peter if somebody wants to call the state legislature uh, their house representative as this is finalizing debate and goes to the governor's desk how's the best way to do that well, there are uh, really you just uh, the Arizona legislature has a really well-made website that just lists all the the various members and uh, what their votes are on various bills. So um, I strongly encourage you to reach out to your representative and let them know your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, they they need to hear from from the public on this topic, and so yeah, it's pretty easy to find all that online. Cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, awesome. Peter, thanks for starting your first work hour of the day sure. uh, here with us in studio. Peter Catalanote, the director of Film Tucson, and for giving us an extra segment. But I really wanted to take our time through this because I think yeah. it's important to the region. Uh, thank you for your work and uh, um, hope to have you back in studio again. I would love that. And uh, let, let's make uh, Tucson a great film city again. Sounds great. (laughs) I love it. Let's go to our last break of the hour. When we come back, we'll talk about another trend in Tucson. This one, not so fun to talk about. Um, Our traffic fatalities are going up uh, compared to last this time last year. Uh, We are up a a massive percentage of 
those uh, a large percentage have been pedestrian deaths. The city of Tucson is looking at becoming a vision zero community. I'll talk about the one thing we aren't talking about enough when it comes to that. We'll be right back here on Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. Your source for trusted local news and talk, 1030 The Voice. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. We have exciting news to share here at Impact of Southern Arizona. We have expanded our food bank into a grocery shopping style experience where over 500 families a month come in for food, clothing, and support. Now, Impact needs you. Can you or your business put on a food drive for food and hygiene items that others would normally go without? Learn more and contact us at www.impactsoaz.org. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night. Celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. 
Zach Yenzer here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? This is Bill Buckmaster, the Monday political face-off at noon on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. We just said goodbye to Peter Catalanote, the director of Film Tucson, talking about... Uh, how do we return to the good days of Tucson being a film mecca? Is it still possible? Uh, we talked about that as well as updated on the news of the HBO film series Dust or Not, continuing filming in Tucson. Why? Where to next? And in terms of the state uh, film incentive being considered, and uh, it looks like it'll go to the governor's desk, and uh, folks think that he will sign it if it gets there. What does that mean for the state of Arizona, especially southern Arizona? You can check uh, that conversation out on the podcast if you missed any of it, kvy.com forward slash podcasts, or search Zach uh, Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Music. Before we wrap up the show, and I have one more topic to at least start. I think we have time tomorrow to finish it, but uh, I want to talk about it because it's timely and it's news. Uh, but Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee that we drink at home and while we're out in the about at the Yenser household run by a local team of people who care about the Tucson community. You'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. Uh, when I wrote this uh, little script, it was just a rumor. The rumor is now true. Ice cream is on its way in 2022. Go to Decibel Coffee Works, D-E-C-I-B-E-L, one word, coffeeworks.com. Uh, and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento, especially because when you visit them at their location, mention uh, Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Uh, one thing coming up here in Tucson, the Tucson City Council meets tomorrow. They're going to discuss uh, a vision zero status, which is basically uh, becoming a part of a national network, for lack of better terms, uh, to develop an action plan around how do we bring uh, pedestrian deaths um, uh, to zero? How do we increase pedestrian safety uh, in the city of Tucson? And there's going to be a, a presentation brought by Mero Mero tomorrow to talk about this, certainly in light of the fact uh, that according to Tucson Police Department data, there have been 32 traffic fatalities compared to 22 the same time last year. Of those, 16 were pedestrian deaths. We are going in the wrong direction uh, on traffic and pedestrian uh, fatalities. And, uh, and so there is, again, this goal to uh, set up uh, a Vision Zero plan to be a part of the Vision Zero network, a nonprofit organization helping communities reach their goal of Vision Zero and eliminating all traffic fatalities and severe injuries while increasing safe, healthy, equitable mobility for all. 
And I want to just kind of kickstart this conversation um, because I think there's one piece that we need to be talking a little bit more loudly about. It's a, it's a, it's not the entire solution certainly, but I think it's a, it's a shorter term one potentially. Uh, I was looking at a report. Uh, by a national organization, the Governor's Highway Safety Association. They're showing pedestrian fatalities, by the way, trending up as well. This is, a, this is a, as we've heard so many uh, times about so many things, these are national trends, but we care about them uh, locally because they happen here locally. Uh, this report by, by a governor's group across the country highlights proven strategies employed at the state and local level to reduce pedestrian fatalities. And they provide some examples. Let me run through them really quick. North Carolina has a Watch For Me North Carolina program. New Jersey has a Street Smart program. Uh, And they aim to reduce pedestrian and bicycle injuries and deaths through a comprehensive targeted approach of education, community engagement, and high visibility law enforcement. The Georgia Office of Highway Safety uh, is awarding grants to implement education programs in cities with significant increases in pedestrian fatalities, uh, uh, working in concert with engineering, enforcement, and emergency strategies. The Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning statewide campaign Everybody's Road, Everybody's Rules involves 12 law enforcement agencies. They focus on motorists making illegal turns. Delaware Highway Safety Office programs such as Summer Beach Pedestrian High Visibility Enforcement and Education Mobilization, updated pedestrian information via its Arrive Alive Delaware website, and so on and so forth, uh, but uh, develops a visibility messaging to address nighttime pedestrian fatalities. Uh, I read through some of these case studies and these best examples. And in every single one of them, something that I saw loud and clear uh, was high visibility law enforcement. Again, not as the entire piece, but as an important piece. And uh, this comes to mind, and, and I think uh, there was some writing about this in the Daily Star as well around uh, traffic cameras, uh, is that for one reason or another, Greater Tucson, but certainly the city of Tucson, has uh, either not created enough resources uh, or has eliminated resources that would provide uh, high visibility and law enforcement around these areas where uh, pedestrian and traffic fatalities are happening. Uh, now, now, TPD Chief Kazmar wants to do that, uh, wants to increase uh, high visibility law enforcement around these areas. I think my challenge um, is that we just don't simply still don't have enough uh, law enforcement officers to be able to do traffic safety well. Uh, and I think TPD Chief Kazmar is working to reverse that. But, you know, it was uh, interesting here that some of the next steps to this Vision Zero um, would be uh, would be to consider working with the Complete Streets Coordinating Council to create a Vision Zero subcommittee to address the need for a Vision Zero task force, unquote. Uh, there's just a lot of planning and a lot of task forcing and a lot of subcommitteeing and a lot of committeeing and a lot of counseling. And I think all that is ultimately important in this machinery we call government or can be. Um, but at the end of the day, one of the nearest terms solutions uh, that needs to be in place is high visibility law enforcement. We don't have enough men and women to be able to do that. Uh, amidst all the planning we're going to do, we have to realize that piece is important and we just don't have the resources.
resources to do it. And I think that this should be a piece of the conversation as well. First and foremost, uh, let's not complicate issues in our communities. We understand um, that we need a lot of different solutions paired together, but some are shorter term, some are much more readily available, and some are, are helpful, and we need to be focused on those first and foremost as we develop the councils and subcommittees and task forces to create our plans to go do something with. Uh, when we come back tomorrow, we'll continue this conversation and more. We'll talk about all the news, people, ideas, and issues happening, uh, and we've got a lot of great conversations coming up this week. Keep us tuned here on your dial. 10.30 The Voice. Tipping Point with Zach returns tomorrow at 9 a.m. Tuesday. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. Thanks for listening, Tucson. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>